Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and we hope that it blesses you. For any more information on this sermon or any additional resources, visit us at thrivechurch.co.nz. So we're going to be talking about relationship tools today. We'd love to put some really practical help in your hand and in your hands into those key relationships in your life. And we're going to be sharing a little bit of our story along the way. But just before we get going, like we just really want to hang this message on the fact that God, the Bible says that God is love. And that without His love in our lives, that we're actually, um, you know, we can actually be quite empty. Um, and so everything we're going to talk about this morning, we're just really um, speaking to from this context of being on this journey of discovering God's love in our hearts and in our lives. And we, like, our best efforts, um, you know, to make our own marriage work without God's love, like, would be would be in trouble. Like, we have needed His grace, um, grace for one another, grace, you know, to get through the different seasons in our life. And so this morning, like, you know, we're just not perfect, are we? Like, we just, like, we don't have the perfect marriage. We have an amazing marriage. Like, don't get me wrong. We just, uh, like, Debbie is the best thing that has ever happened to my life. And 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 I, like, that's totally true. Um, but we, we're on this journey of learning uh, how to do life. And we, something that we really value um, in this church is just being real like really just kind of like being real. And we've discovered in our relationship that, that you know, the best thing is, is is to be real. And so we're going to be talking about that this morning. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, we were driving home from our summer holiday. Who loves summer holidays? So we've been on summer holiday and we're coming home and the kids have all like, you know, they just, they've done their holiday and they're hoping to to like just get home and or get distracted, watch an iPad or something like that in the car. And we're like, uh, uh, we're going to make it home. And um, I remember halfway um, home, Josiah's like on the back, in the back of the car. And we've got five children, so there's kind of rows of seats. It's like a small bus. And uh, his, his voice um, pipes up from the back and, and, and he says, hey, Abby. Is his oldest sister. Abby's here this morning. I love you, Abby. Uh, and and, and um, he says, hey, Abby, I, I love you too. Can you get mum's iPad off Asia? And so here we've got this little two and a half year old and he's using these skills of assertiveness and affirmation to be heard and to ask for what he needed and for what he wanted. And then um, recently, as a, as a four-and-a-half-year-old, he's, he's at the dining room table, and it's a pretty noisy family affair. Um, there's five of us, and there's, everyone's competing for the microphone. Uh, and and, and he, he, at one point, he, he takes his cup, and he, and he bangs it down on the table. And in a loud voice, he says, I'm the boss. I'm part peoples and part boss. And it was just like, well, that you know, we, we will listen. We will listen. We, we're not, he's not using any affirmation to get his his voice known. He's just coming in with assertiveness and command. He's like, I want to be heard. And 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 no matter where we're at, like it really opens the conversation today. That that you know, we've we've watched our parents have connection and have relationship or have a version of connection and relationship. And those tools that we've watched along the way 
We've picked up, we've picked up the good tools, we've picked up maybe the slightly uh, you know, dysfunctional tools, and we're, whether we like it or not, we're actually applying what we've learned in our lives into the context of relationship. And so we're, we've, we've, we use the, what we've learned to express our needs and express the way that we want to get things done in our lives. So our rela- relationships are the building blocks for our society. Like, you know, the fabric of the health of our connections and relationships right across our, our, our nation, uh, and the health of that is actually built on the health of those grassroots connections and health of our relationships. And I love this quote. It says that personal relationships are the fertile soil from which all advancement, all successes, all achievement in real life grows. Last week we had Julie Fru in here and she spoke on brain development. Who was here and heard that? It was just really fascinating. And she said that as we're created to enter this world as babies with undeveloped brains, we are dependent upon another person who will ensure our survival and our development. And in that context, you know, we're not designed to do life alone. You're not designed to do life on your own. And maybe you're here today and you've felt so much safer being isolated. You've felt so much safer to put walls up and isolate yourself because people have trampled over your heart and you've just felt so hurt from maybe uh, colleagues or, or people that you, you, you thought were friends at school or maybe even your own family is like you feel like you've got a broken heart in this and, and, and you're here today saying, how, can, how could God fix my life? Well, I want to tell you that there is hope for your future, that actually you are better with people around you, that you'll discover your true self and and be able to be free and express who you are in the context of relationships. We are better together. So this morning, whether you're married or whether you want to get married, whether you've got friends, family, we just want to speak into all these contexts of relationship and put some tools into your hands. Thanks, babe. Yeah. All right. So a little bit about us. Um, Most of you will know us, but if you don't, um, we have got five children, like Glenn said. Um, We've been married for almost 20 years. We're 20 years in November. Come on. Yeah. And I just... It has has actually keep getting better and better, so that's really cool. Um, We've been employers, and um, we are employees. We lead a church. Um, You guys, um, so many just different, like so many different people, so many um, different staff teams we lead. We lead um, teams of volunteers, and so just a diverse range of relationships in our lives, eh? Um, With just so many different people, and it's exciting. Um, we've had training in a number of areas to do with people care, like kind of micro-counselling sort of skills, all sorts of different things. But for us, I think our biggest training ground has been just in doing life. Like that's, you know, the, through the good things and also through the mistakes that we make. That is really great training ground. It is. Like even as we put this message together, we were disagreeing and we had conflict, we and did. we needed to just kind of like work this thing out. Pull out our skills. So, yeah, it was quite entertaining, yeah, wasn't it? It times? was. Abby would have found it entertaining yeah. yesterday. She's <laughs> laughing over there. So, anyway, I love relationships. And in my ideal world, everybody would be in close connection, there'd be harmony, we'd be working and playing together and like just having fun doing life together. Um, but I've learned that this isn't necessarily always the case, it doesn't always work like this. 
Um, sometimes selfishness can prevent that closeness from happening. Abuse or trauma, just painful past relationships can, you know, just um, prevent us from wanting to move close to people. But oftentimes the difficulties in our relationships just stem from the fact that there is just so much beautiful diversity amongst humankind. Um, and this diversity can lead to a lot of conflict. Um, you know, it's funny how you can get on really well with someone and then when you live in really close proximity, then things aren't always um, so harmonious. And just remember in our first couple of years of marriage, um, like people often talk about the fact that, you know, the first few years of marriage... Oh, yeah, look at that. I don't think I look like that. <laughs> the first few years of our marriage, um, you know, people talk about the fact that it can be like a honeymoon period and, you know, how great it is. And, and we had lots of awesome moments, but I don't know if we would have quite said that it was like an amazing honeymoon moment, was it, um, through those first two years. Because once we started living in the same house, these really important issues started to surface. Things like... So important. Yep. How the toilet seat should be left and That's how the washing should be folded. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, whether the drawers could be left ajar or not. Um, you know, all that big stuff. Like dishwasher was my favourite. Yeah, that was later on, eh? That's, yeah, yeah dishwasher. that's probably more recently. Yeah, that probably still happens. It gets restacked. Um, anyway. Yeah, anyway. Maybe you should turn your mic off for a bit. <laughs> the problem was, the problem back then was that Glenn had learned how to do things in his family and I'd learned how to do them in my family and that my way must be the right way. But, you know, we come into any relationship with preconceived ideas on how life should be. We bring our personality, we bring our past experiences and our value systems, we bring our baggage um, into our relationship. So with so much diversity and difference, how can we build healthy relationships? And I think the answer is found in this word, Connection. And that does not mean uniformity, it does not mean sameness, and it doesn't even mean agreement. But when connection is our goal, it's actually okay to have disagreement. Yeah. It's okay. And despite the level of disagreement, the greatest goal in my relationships needs to be valuing and even treasuring my connections. Before everything else, before having the best advice, before obedience and respect, before even finding a solution to a problem, connection. Um, Danny Silk, love this quote, he says, if you want to cast out all the fear in your relationships, then you lead, need to leave no room for doubt in people's minds and hearts that you truly love them. I remember talking to some parents um, a number of years ago, and they said how important our first reactions are when we receive information that impacts us. And these guys had faced a really tough time when their um, teenage daughter came and told them that she was pregnant. And they knew that the reaction that they had in that moment, that first reaction, would impact the relationship of their future. And these two amazing parents chose the right reaction, not a fear-based one, but a love-based one. And there was no doubt in their daughter's mind that she was loved despite what was going on for her. So in our significant relationships in life, we need to communicate an attitude that says this. It says, I will not allow anything to be more important to me than my connection to you. There is nothing that I will allow to sever our connection on my side. That's a great statement, one to really take hold of. But to do this means that we need to let some things go. Yeah, yeah. And, and in doing that, we need to be honest about where we're at. And early on in our relationship, um, I, I, I knew that Debbie was 
like such a gem and such a treasure. But I also knew on the same, I had this tension because I was like, do I want her to really know who I am fully? Um, and I, it was a really, it was a, it was a challenging place to be in because I was like, oh, if she really knew where, where I was at, I, would she really want to continue with this relationship? But I was like, okay, if this relationship is going to actually have strength um, for the future, then I have to be real about, you know, my past, essentially. And I'd, had, I'd grown up in a really, you know, a great home in so many respects, but I'd, as a teenager, I just kind of lost the plot in some ways and just, you know, um, did silly antics and experimented in crazy ways and just was looking, you know, for looking for love in the wrong kind of places in many ways. And and I knew that um, I just had to be kind of real with Debbie about this um, past that I had, um, even if it, it meant actually this could disqualify me from this relationship, but I, because I wanted to build something with Debbie that had like integrity, and for me, integrity starts with being real, um, and so I decided to share uh, with Deb actually, yeah, some of the stuff that I'd done in my past, and because Debbie, see, Debbie was like, her parents were pastors, and um, she was just amazing from where I was at, I was like, God! And, um, yeah, so, sorry, babe. Anyway, that's not in the notes, that singing. No, bit. no, that's not in the notes. Yeah. Um, for me, when he told me some stuff, so I had to face the feelings of that and um, the stuff that this brought up for me and process that through um, and maybe let go of a few expectations. But I also decided that our relationship was worth fighting for and, yeah, that maybe in yeah. that moment I didn't kind of appreciate the – the honesty, but a little bit later on, I realised that the fact that Glenn would be so real with me like that meant that I could trust him um, with everything in the future. Yeah, um, there's you know that that shame on you um, statement is is you know it's been practiced probably for hundreds of years. You know when people have have done something regrettable and 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 you know the society has almost ostracised them because of what they have done, but we um, have, like, and I've personally found that actually in, 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 hiding our sh- in hiding the things that we regret that we've done and, and wearing a, a, a cloak of shame over our lives actually isolates us further from getting healing, restoration from our past, because I can guarantee that every one of us in this room has actually got some kind of thing in our past that maybe, maybe it's been dealt with, or maybe it hasn't, you know that actually God wants to put his finger on and, and actually bring healing to you. Um, you know, like it's easy to think these thoughts like if they knew what I was really like, then they wouldn't want anything to do with me. And Or if I told them about the struggle, then they would just walk away from me. And because shame just wants to you know, put distance. Like it says, like I, what you, will, I'm stronger. Shame is this is the lie. It says that you will be stronger if you don't tell anyone about this. You will be empowered if you just keep your distance and create a barrier there between someone, but, which is an absolute lie. Because what shame is doing is it is actually causing us to wear a mask. Mm-hmm and actually not be real about who we actually are and what has gone on in our past and created us essentially to be who we are at that point. But, man, the Bible says this really powerful thing. And you've probably heard the statement. It says, the truth will set you free. And in the same way, shame is disempowered by truthfulness setting us free. 
And we'll talk a little bit more about honesty and in the context that we can talk about, you know, where you talk about this kind of stuff later later on. But if you want to go, if we want to go on a journey of actually deepening our, the important relationships around us, we actually need to talk about our fears and our regrets with those who are closest to us and be the real you. Yeah, that's good. Very good. And we just want to talk about blame for a little moment now. Um, and in a moment, we're going to watch a clip by Brene Brown, and she's a professor and author and does a lot of those TED Talks. So let's just watch the big screen for a moment. Awesome. Isn't that a great clip just to explain what blame looks like and how it works, how quickly we can just dive into blaming somebody else. And, you know, like she said, when we blame someone, it's a way of discharging our anger or our pain. And initially if we're honest, it makes us feel better, doesn't it? But in the end, we will end up feeling worse. Um, it's that way of making us feel more powerful too, by being able to take control in a situation or relationship. You know, when we blame someone else, we're actually holding on to that need to be right, to need to be the right one. Now, for Glenn and I, we're both reasonably competitive people um, in games and just general things. We're kind of quite competitive with each other. Um, and we realised that in our relationship, this carried through into our disagreements as well. Um, we had this tendency to want to, either one of us, to win in a disagreement. Um, but we realised that first of all, there's often not a right or wrong answer in a disagreement. And secondly, that actually we had to just let go of that need to be right, because um, having to win the argument just led to more disconnection between us. So you get, no, holding on to that blame will cause disconnection or put a barrier there because we've placed more value on the need to be right or the need to be in control than we've placed value on the person and on the connection we have with them. And when we let go of blame, we're actually saying, I'll take responsibility for my own stuff. And it removes that barrier to our connection so that we can then find a solution to our problem and move forward together. Awesome. Um, I like this thought here that the, the vitality of our future relationships will depend on what we do with our present relationships. You know, if we just ignore who's around us and hope things will kind of get sorted without actually doing anything about it, there's every chance that, that nothing will actually move on in that heart connection or that relationship that is close to you. And so it's really important that... Um, you know, that we talk about these tools and so that we can acquire some skills to be able to actually think about future-proofing who we are as people. Because we want all, of, I know each one of us want our relationships that actually really are growing and flourishing and thinking about who you're going to be and how you're going to be connected at, um, in the next 10 years is a good way to think, gee, I really want to have the right tools today to, uh, to do these, uh, to do life well and to do relationships well. So the first um, tool we want to put in your uh, hand this morning is it's a you know this is a simple tool and a simple thought really but this is it and it is to be your best self just be who you can be in your relationship. You know, you don't have to compare yourself with others in the context of relationship and think, I, need, I wish I was more like that per person, and if only I was that person, then I could actually have uh, a better relationship um, with the person around me. But no, God actually has created each one of us unique, and there's nothing wrong with your personality. 
There's nothing wrong with your tendencies maybe to be slightly introverted or, or extroverted. Like they're not spoilers for your connections. But as we understand who we are, we actually get comfortable in our own skin and we can do relationships well. And for those who are maybe you want to date, you want to get married, you're thinking of like uh, future prospects and that sort of thing. Like it's just like just become comfortable with who you are. And so one of the... Um, the most important things in becoming our best self is to know ourselves well and to grow in our emotional intelligence, mm. to grow in that awareness of like how, why am I reacting yeah, like this? Way. I could actually respond with grace. I could, I could actually, why is there so much anxiety mm. going up and why am I so fearful when that person gave me that kind of look, what's going on inside of me? And, and if you notice yourself reacting or responding poorly in situations, then it's really good to ask yourself, why? Yeah. Why do I feel the way I'm feeling? And, you know, someone who is secure in life and like, like I'm still on a journey, like I still have insecure moments, but someone who's secure has actually stopped placing their value in other people's hands. Stop placing their worth yeah. in other people's hands. And I, I used to have a truth coach that, um, that I, when I was feeling insecure or vulnerable about who I was, um, I would say, you know, that that person's opinion of me is none of my business. Like, so what if they're thinking that? They're probably not actually thinking that, for goodness sake, for a start. Like, why waste that emotional energy? But we have this battle raging in our mind, and because we want victory, we want to win, we want to feel significant, and, but it doesn't start outside the context of who we are. We need to become confident and comfortable in our own skin in this journey of doing relationships well. Yeah, absolutely. And just... For those of you who are, you know, thinking about dating, getting married one day, or just who even just want to develop good, closer friendships, you know, somebody who is secure and comfortable with who they are is going to be a really attractive life partner or good friend for another person. Store that away. All right, so the next um, lot of tools, arsenal of tools, really, around this one is communication. And the goal of communication is always understanding. Being able to put yourself into someone else's shoes. And the first tool in communicating well is actually being able to listen well. And most of you will have heard of the term active listening. And basically, this just means listening really well. So when you come into a conversation, when you're sitting down with someone, they need to know that in that moment, they are the most important person to you on the planet. And that will look like turning your cell phone off or putting it on silent, putting it away from you, um, giving them your undivided attention putting distractions aside, and look at them, make eye contact, let them know that you're focused on what they're saying. Also, just posture. You know, so many, um, so much communication is not actually verbal communication. It's in our posture, it's in our tone, it's in the way we're conducting ourselves. So make sure your posture communicates that you're open to, to listening to the other person, not arms folded or slightly turned away from them, but just open, looking at them. When they're talking, don't interrupt them. But give those verbal and non-verbal cues that you're listening. You know, like those, mm-hmm, and nodding, yes, all those sorts of things. And here's one. Practice the neutral face. So that kind of face where it's like, 
maybe just a tiny little bit of a smile so you look pleasant on your face, but like a nothing is going to shock me look on your face. So that, you know, if, if somebody is going to disclose something that is actually maybe really big, that they know that you can actually handle it, um, that you're not going to react, that you're just going to going to listen. And, you know, we've used that sort of face in uh, many conversations that we've had. We use that kind of face with our children at times. And that doesn't mean that you can't pull faces later on or do whatever you need to do, vent in some way. But in that moment, they just need to know that they can trust your reaction. Um, when they've finished talking, make sure that you have heard them correctly. Use statements like, so can I clarify what your feeling is? Da, 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 da. Or so you are saying such and such. Um, and actually for us, it's something that if we had, um, yeah, when we were, if we practiced a bit more of this when we were preparing the message, you know, maybe um, it would have got rid of some of our tensions yesterday. So if on Monday we had clarified our expectations with each other, then it would have made yesterday a lot smoother. So just to let you know, we're still learning this one. Um, the biggest cause of conflict that we've seen in our years of working with people has been in miscommunication or just in misunderstanding, like often simple things where one person says one thing, but the other person interprets it slightly different. So if we take time to clarify what's being said right at the beginning, we're going to avoid a whole lot of conflict. The second thing around communication is being able to express your needs well. Um, I discovered a few years ago that I often operated in hint language when I was wanting Glenn to do something. So something, here's an example like, Oh, and the lawns are looking quite long at the moment. Or um, what's another one? Um, uh, our bedroom's kind of quite a mess at the moment. It's so frustrating. Like things like that. Um, There's always the garage. Um, yeah. Yeah. The garage. We won't is go busy. there. We won't go there. <laughs> um, but I realised that I communicated like this because I didn't want to seem bossy or demanding. Um, you know, and as children, we're very good at letting our parents know how we're feeling especially in that hour leading up to dinner time. You'll know that if, if your parents... Um, recently, we had a time with one of our children, and they just seemed just a little bit uh, a bit angry, a bit disconnected, and it's been going on for a little while. So the feelings were really clear, but um, the need wasn't to us. And one evening, we managed to get to the bottom of it. Um, they said that they just felt like we didn't love them as much as a younger sibling, and that was one of those moments where you go, oh, my goodness, that is we? Um, but as we probed a bit further, they were able to identify that what they wanted was some more cuddles and some more one-on-one -on -one time. And I asked this child why they didn't feel like that they could communicate this to us sooner, and they said, I just don't want to be needy. Interesting, coming from a child, but I'm not sure where that had come in. But as adults, this is often the case. We don't ask for what we need because we don't want to appear needy. Now, our role as parents is, first of all, to be able to teach our children um, to let us know how they're feeling, then to let us know what they need, and finally, how to ask for it in a constructive way. So saying something like, I'm feeling sad, I need a hug. For all the adults in the room, just take a moment, ask yourself this, how good am I at expressing my needs to those around me? Um, I, I like that statement up there. The goal of communication is understanding. Um, and it reminds me of one of my favorite proverbs, which says, with wisdom a house is built, and with understanding it is established. 
And I love that the thought that actually wisdom can build a home. You know, we'll get the walls up, we'll do this, we'll do that, we've got all the processes right, but actually with understanding, it is converted into a home. It's converted into a structure that becomes a place of belonging and connection. And without that, you know, that can never happen without honest communication. Like if we want to actually a step, you want to convert the environment that you're in at the moment into a place of understanding and, and of, of, of family and belonging, then we just need to be honest about, like we have to have these courageous conversations and not avoid issues and things like that just to keep the peace. We actually have to go there to establish a place of belonging in our, in our homes. And, and so honesty is a really important flow. Like we've found in our, in our marriage that this is one of like the cornerstones that our friendship and our relationship is built on is just being real with one another. And we kind of wear our emotions on our sleeves a little bit anyway, so we always know how the other person is. Um, pretty much anyway. But it's really, um, it's it's kept us in really good uh, stead with each other is just being honest. And I understand that maybe you um, are in a situation and it's not a marriage situation, but you actually feel like you want to be real and you want to be honest about the situation that you find yourself in. The first thing that you need to ask yourself really is like, is this person a safe person to be honest with? You know, will they erupt, explode? Will I get hurt emotionally or physically by what I'm going to say? And so sometimes you may need to go to a counselor or a, or a confident, someone trusted and just say, what do you think about my approach to this situation do I, shall I, shall I go this way or is there a better way? And so getting someone, you know, the wise walk with the wise, another amazing proverb. And, and so that is a good thing to do is to get some outside advice. Um, you know, um, the other thing that we need to um, consider, and this is especially for, for, for couples, is, is, you know, are we ready for this level of honesty? And, and maybe you are in a kind of relationship where it's like, gee, I've got so much I need to share right now. Well, maybe it's actually the best thing that you need to do is just let, let a little bit out, like not just dump on someone with a great big like load of like, you know, maybe just start with one thing that you think that you could be um, honest with. And um, because, you know, we've found that the uh, intimacy in our marriage is only as good as the honesty in our marriage. And, and, um, and the honesty in our marriage will only be as good as the flow of trust that we have in our relationship. Can I share what I have to share with this person? Can I trust them? with this information. Oh, I'm doing the next one as well. Thanks, honey. Um, So, um, yeah, we're going to move on into courageous conflict here because in any healthy relationship, um, actually conflict is a, it's, it's not a sign that things are broken. It's actually just an indicator that something needs to be worked through and a process actually needs to be faced. And um, in understanding conflict, like I just want to share a story with my parents. Um, um, when we were early, we were married, uh, just probably the first two or three years, we just had a really tough relationship with my parents. And they're amazing people, but we were just on different pages around roles and, and what, you know, what I should be doing with my time and all this sort of thing. And, and I got, we got really bruised in this process, actually. And, and just, we couldn't understand what was going on. And I remember one day feeling like, just like, I just really, this, this is painful. 
this conflict that we're having needs to be addressed in a respectful way. And so we organized a time to spend with them that afternoon, and we spent about three hours talking through this, um, what was going on. And we use words like, help me understand, you know, not, not you did this and you did that and you, you, you. You know, when you start it, when you speak from a help me understand what's going on, it's a really powerful tool to, to be able to say, look, I want to, I want to hear what you've got to say. Like actually your opinion now, I know I'm feeling emotional, but your opinion, I want to value your opinion. I want to listen to your opinion despite my, you know, my, my inner rage. Uh, I want to listen to your opinion. And so after about three hours of listening to each other, we started understanding one another. And what that did was that transformed that relationship. It was like a whole lot of fertilizer was thrown onto a veggie garden that would never produce fruit. And suddenly we had this really fruitful, healthy relationship. And it was just an amazing, um, yeah, yeah. Amazing and yeah, result, like our wasn't it? relationship with them is amazing. They're like probably some of the biggest encouragers in yeah, their life they now. Like they champion us. Uh, They're incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, one other thing, just to touch in on um, courageous conflict, is actually embracing forgiveness. Um, if, if we go into conflict with uh, unforgiveness towards the person um, or bitterness. Uh, as well, then actually what is going to happen is that that, that um, conflict will probably escalate. Um, and so, you know, forgiveness doesn't necessarily uh, mean forgetting. It doesn't, it doesn't mean to say that it's going to actually uh, remove the hurt as well. But who knows in the long term that carrying forgiveness in our heart is actually more de- detrimental to our own physical health and well-being. Um, Nelson Mandela, he, I've read his book, you know, The Long Road to Freedom, and he said this, that re- resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. Mm-hmm. Or unforgiveness is like, you know, poison, drinking poison. Um, so if you want to understand any more on emotional health and just that processes of unforgiveness, like check out Lynn's podcast. She spoke a couple of weeks ago, and we've got some green flies down the back on emotional health, and it yeah, be, yeah could be a really helpful good. tool for you. Yeah, just another um, priority goal to mention in any conflict um, that you're stepping into is just that, to take this fact in that I want to hear before I am heard. Mm. That can be really hard to actually want to do, but really important to take into um, any conflict you're stepping into. Um, Hand in hand with forgiveness is being able to say, I'm sorry. Um, And that's something that we um, actually had as one of our goals um, before we got married, is that we would aim to be the first person to say sorry. And maybe there's a bit of competitiveness in that even, but at least we had that there as a goal. um, I got really good at saying sorry. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I am practiced, even with my yeah, children. Yeah, we're both practiced, eh? Yeah. Um, when we're talking about saying sorry, we're not talking about saying, I'm sorry, and then rattling off like a big explanation after it, or not trying to defend ourselves when we say sorry, just a simple, I'm sorry. Um, and this is the best way to diffuse a potentially volatile disagreement. Um, like Ben was just about to say then, um, sometimes our children are not acting like their most awesome selves. Um, and I know this wouldn't happen for any of you here, but for some, sometimes for us, we get cross with them. And if we know that we've gotten too cross, then we'll go back and we'll say sorry. Um, and yes, their behaviour may have, definitely has led to our angry outburst, but we're still responsible for our own reaction. 
Um, so, you know, let's take responsibility for our part in any conflict and say, I'm sorry. The other person, it doesn't depend even on whether they're going to say sorry. Let's just be big people and be the first to say we're sorry. Yeah. For the, any more in, information on this sermon or any additional resources, well. visit us at thrivechurch.co.nz. And, um, yeah, we've seen it in different ways and applied it in different ways, but actually we've just we've come into this kind of rhythm of like, yeah, that's not ideal, but we're really going to choose our battle or else we can end up, just, our children just can end up feeling like we're just like at them and on them constantly and our correction can become more apparent than our love and our grace towards them. And so sometimes when our kids are like, you know, I've done something that it is, you know, that is worth confronting, you know, we actually need to go there. Um, but before we do that, maybe we need to take a time out so that we're not doing that from a an, an emotional response. And, and Julie talked about this last week, how we just need to help our children uh, and, and, and sometimes create distance and create space so that we can just breathe and then come into a situation with objectivity and be objective in the context. And um, I think it's, it's been always, it's been helpful for me to remind myself that my children are children and they're not adults. Like it's a simple statement and, but, but you can end up just like having a head full of steam and getting frustrated um, with children when you just kind of like keep thinking like just be better, just sort it out, just behave, just, you know. But we have to remind ourselves that our children are actually, their brains are not fully developed and they're on a process of learning and the way that we're actually communicating will actually give them a reference point for what big people are like towards them. And so we want to just, we want to love them. We want to speak the truth in love. Um, and so it's sometimes we just need to let the atmosphere breathe when we're feeling like, look, I need to tackle something, but I need to do this with objectivity. Mm. Yeah. And another little tip that we try not um, we try not to discuss anything big at night time as well, because who knows, everything always feels a whole lot better in the morning. So just help to give a bit more perspective. Um, the last um, tool that we just want to speak to is on being intentional. Um, you know, it can be just easy to drift through life, drift through our relationship, relationships. And, you know, but if we have a clear vision for our significant relationships, um, or if we don't have a clear vision for our relationships, it's easy just to take them for granted and just kind of to let time pass. Um, but when we're being intentional in our relationships, intentional by giving maybe time or maybe it's money sometimes, whatever it is, then we're actually communicating to the other person that we value them that they are worth the investment that we're making. So a question just to ask yourself, am I being intentional in the significant relationships around me? Um, I remember for us, we'd been married for about seven years, and I remember just feeling, oh, this is a little bit same, same. It's like, it's okay, but it's not that great. And I think we just settled into a bit of a rut. And, um, you know, in the beginning, when you're newly married, when you're dating, or even in a friendship for that matter, it's it's exciting, and you're getting to know each other, and you do lots of fun stuff together. Um, but maybe... Um, in the marriage context, if you've been together for a few years, life gets busy, maybe kids come along, and it's easy to put that most significant relationship to the side because maybe the need is not quite so pressing. But we're aiming for great relationships here, whether that's friendship, whether that's work, whether it's with our kids and our marriage. So let's not ever just be content to settle. 
Um, so always aim to grow those significant relationships. Um, for us, in that time, we made a decision to attend a marriage course. I think we um, put some more focus on dates. Um, just, but just work out what you like to do together and make time for it. Um, I remember um, actually partway through, we learnt, we did Latin Caribbean lessons, um, dancing. I know I enjoyed that. I'm not sure what Glenn thought of it, but yeah. at least it was something we did together. One of the together. instructors was an old girlfriend, so that was a bit awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten that, actually. Two said that. So, yeah, actually, that was a good opportunity for me to work through some more things. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, House renovations for us has been a new interest we took up together, but actually maybe we were more forced into um, when we bought an older house. But there's been lots of fun times along the way. Do you agree with that? Well, I'd say that it's given us lots of opportunities to work through many things. (laughs) 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 I do remember two o'clock in the morning one night, uh, one morning, yeah. Yeah, And it was... uh, Yeah, the neighbours, I don't know, we probably woke up a few of them. <laughs> yeah, we were that having was a, a disagreement. tricky situation. It was, pretty, it was pretty powerful. Trying to get our kitchen painted before we took off yeah. to, up to your parents because we were living in a mess eh, of dust and all sorts of we things. Did. Anyway, there were fun moments <laughs> along the way, and there have been, especially as we've completed projects, um, renovating projects together, there but been, it yeah. has also helped us to hone our conflict resolution skills. Um, another just tool in the whole area of being intentional is gratitude. Um, you know, we can add so much more value to our friendships when we're intentional in our gratitude. Um, thankfulness communicates the other person that we see what they do, that we see who they are, and that we appreciate them, that they matter to us. Another thing about thankfulness that's really cool is it takes our eyes off of what we don't have and helps us to focus on what we do have. So it's just a great way of deepening the value that we place on another person and therefore strengthening the connection that we have with them. Final question I want to ask you is, do you have goals in your relationships? Do you have goals for your marriage? Do you have goals for your family or your friendship? Um, you know, maybe at the start of each year, you could just make a decision. I'm going to make a goal for my family. You know, maybe it's just um, one thing, something that's specific and easily achievable, one thing that you want to put time and effort into. Yeah. So we're just going to look at wrapping it up really shortly. And um, just kind of want to go back to one of those thoughts uh, right right at the start, that we are actually better together. Um, and if you're, you know, there could be people, maybe you've been married for years, but you actually feel like you're doing life alone, that you feel like you've become flatmates. Or maybe you're here and you've, like I said, there's some real um, hurt uh, around family. Like there are some amazing tools uh, for you to take a hold of, and like one of the first things that you you know that we, that we need to do when we identify pain is actually be real and and maybe talk for someone you know the four letter word that we 're allowed to say in church is like help you know, and so maybe today you could just say, "Hey, I just need some help in this area because you know you 're never going to regret the investment that you make into the lives into the relationships that are around you now. Like when you're doing the rocking chair test at the end of your life, you're not going to be thinking, gee, I wish I just had another day at the office. Man, it would have been good if I was there on Saturdays. 
you would be thinking, I wish I'd invested into those key relationships, into my children, my grandchildren, those around my life. And so I want to encourage you today to be someone who was invested into those people around your life. They're not there by accident, and they're not there to just annoy you. They are there for you to grow. God wants to grow us through the people that are around our lives. And that's just how it that's just how it works. And so the people that maybe you're looking at are like your greatest oppositions and frustrations, maybe it's time to look at them as a great opportunity to actually grow in grace and strength uh, for others in your world. I just want to close with this amazing um, Bible verse uh, from this this chapter that we've all heard a thousand times at every wedding that we've ever been to, and it's from the Passion Translation, and it just shines a little bit of a new light on it. It's from Corinthians uh, 13, and it says this, Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievement or inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. It's good, eh? That is the essence of why we do relationship. We were created to know love and to be able to give love. And so let's just stand as we close the service today. I'd just love to pray. For any more information on this sermon or any additional resources, visit us at thrivechurch.co.nz.